The reading this evening it begins at Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, which can be found on page 3 in the Red Bibles. And there are Bibles in other languages and versions available at the back. Genesis 1, chapter 26. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And then continuing from chapter 2, verse 20. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. And then continuing from Genesis 3, verse 23. So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, um, Maria, for reading those. Welcome, folks. Nice to see you. Um, one of us brought you along this evening. Um, shout out to those of you in pink. Uh, if you turned up in pink and you weren't planning to, everyone else thinks you've turned up in pink because of this. So um, shout out to you as well. Um, uh, and you can tell people, you can profusely tell people afterwards, I, I, this was just an accident. Um, so we are, what are we doing this evening? Uh, for those of you who've arrived and you think, I just thought I was coming to a normal service, um, you know, it, has, it has a normal service feel to it. But we are thinking about a kind of cultural phenomenon that has undoubtedly been a, across the summer. If you've missed it, then you really have maybe you had your head in the sand, uh, the Barbie movie. Um, and I just want to say at the start, this means that so normally what we, what we get up here and do is we explain the Bible and talk about a Bible passage, and we're trying to uh, kind of do that as faithfully as best we can. Um, I'm going to bounce off this film. I'm going to talk about this film quite a bit. Uh, I'm going to talk about it a lot, but, um, and, and get us to think about it as Christians. But it means that if you are kind of here and you, you wildly disagree with what I say about the film, that is okay. It's just, I want to dial down the intensity of this to begin with. It's okay to think I'm talking absolute nonsense about this film all the way through if you want to. But I hope what it will do is get us thinking about some interesting questions because the, undoubtedly the, you know, the, the movie has struck a chord with lots of people. It's been seen by millions and millions of people. Um, and the questions that it raises... Um, about sex and about gender and about identity and all these kind of things are fascinating ones in our cultural moments um, in the world and in the UK and in America and other places and uh, probably um, around the world. And where I'm coming from for us, if this helps, is that as Christians, if you are a Christian here this evening, if you are able to listen attentively to what is going on in the world, if you can hear uh, thoughtfully the questions the world is asking, it will help you be able to speak into those and say, this is what the gospel is about, and this is what the Christian message is about, and this is where I think it connects with the questions you're asking. And that's really where I'm coming from in this film. I think the film raises some very interesting questions, um, and I'm going to try and pitch what we'll do is I've got some clips that Will Jez has kindly put together for me. 
They were all the ones that I could find sort of legally available on YouTube. Um, so he's bunched them together for me, and we'll use those in different points. Um, I'm going to talk about some of the things that I think the movie raises, questions it raises, and there's a reading, reason why we had those Genesis readings from Maria. Um, and then uh, I'm going to talk about some of the things I think it raises that it can't quite answer. But those are the good questions in a way. And those are the questions for us here as Christians, if you are, to wrestle with and say, what would my answer be to those? Now, it might be that you've come here and you haven't seen it at all. That's totally fine. I'll do my best to sort of just uh, shape the way we go through. But to start off with, I thought I'd show, uh, this is the opening uh, kind of scene and then the sort of main trailer for the movie, which gives you a sense of the story overall. So it's about a good sort of three and a half minutes uh, to enjoy. And if nothing else, enjoy that for the next while. (laughs) Since the beginning of time, since the first little girl ever existed, there have been dolls. But the dolls were always and forever baby dolls. Until... come to your house tonight sure i don't have anything big planned just a giant blowout party with all the barbies and plant choreography and a bespoke song you should stop by so cool you can find me under the lights diamonds under my eyes this is the best day ever it is the best day ever so is yesterday and so is tomorrow and every day from now until forever do you guys ever think about dying when my heart some things have been happening that might be related. When my world Cold shower Ooh. falling off my roof. Ah! And my heels are on the ground. <gasps> Blood feet! What do I have to do? You have to go to the real world. You can go back to your regular life, or you can know the truth about the universe. The choice is now yours. The first one, the high heel. You have to want to know, okay? Do it again. Closer I am to Closer I am to I'm coming with you. Okay. This is the real world. <laughs> What's going on? Why are these men looking at me? Yeah, they're also staring at me. Barbie in the real world. That's impossible. If this got out, this could mean extremely weird things for our world. This would be catastrophic! We haven't played with Barbie since we were like five years old. Oh. 
No one rests until this doll is back in a box. Even if nobody else along. Humans only have one ending. Get that for me! Ideas live forever. I won't let you do just one appendectomy. But I'm a man. But not a doctor. Can I talk to a doctor? You are talking to a doctor. Can I need a clicky pen? No. A sharp thing? No. There he is. Doctor! Somebody get security. <laughs> so many good lines in that movie. Um, and, you could, and for those of you film buffs, there's Stanley Kubrick's uh, 2001 in there. There's The Matrix. Um, there's The Wizard of Oz. Uh, there's all sorts of movies um, that it's kind of uh, picking up on. Okay. And um, the way the film works, and where I want to pick up with the, the kind of idea of Genesis is really important to it. And actually, Greta Gerwig, the director, has talked about it um, in some interviews. Um, and we had some of those, just those little excerpts, and I imagine most of you are familiar with. Um, Genesis 2, if you remember, it describes the process in which God takes uh, the man and he takes what is actually part of his side. The translation is often a rib, but it's a side, and creates the woman. Um, and in that sense, Genesis 2 gives us that picture of the man created first and then the woman created after. But you remember, it balances up with Genesis 1, which we had read, where male and female are created in God's image together. So male and female image God, and that's the beginning of uh, creation. We get these kind of two creation accounts set side by side. But the idea that, um, that the, uh, the, the, sort of the Genesis 2 narrative um, of a woman being created from the side of man, pervasively all through history, it has been used to kind of give us the sense in which the woman is derivative of the man. Um, it's uh, an idea that you can kind of chart through history, um, and it, the, the woman has identity only in relation to the man, um, and that there is this kind of power dynamic in things that way around, so that the woman is the and, if you like, because we'll come back to that idea of and in a moment. There's the man and the woman. Now, it's not a biblical idea because the idea is male and female are created in the image of God together. But that idea has been you know, all through uh, history and you don't need to look very far, I'm sure you know. But why I think the film is so interesting and clever is it takes that simple idea uh, that you've got the man and the woman and it reverses it and sort of replays it. And a lot of people's reactions to the movie, I think, are often somewhere down there. It's kind of, what do I make of what is going on here? Because it starts out really, really sort of clearly that Barbie is created first, and Ken is the and. And it reverses it. Now, how you feel about that is kind of, I guess, is what's going on, on for you or for me or anyone watching it, that Ken is derivative of her. And it's absolutely the core of the movie, that the man is the and Ken. And one of the most striking lines that comes early on in the movie is this one. Barbie has a great day every day. Ken only has a great day if Barbie looks at him. And he is derivative of her and dependent on her. But to, to, it's genius in a way. To, to simply present that and to reverse it like that makes you th feel things. You might feel discomfort. You might feel like, I, well, I don't know if I like that or not at all. How you feel about the, if the world is Barbie land where in Barbie land, uh, women hold all the positions of power, so it's a matriarchy, uh, to use that technical term. 
how you feel about that? How you feel if the man, Ken, is kind of fraught with this uncertainty that he's derivative of her, he kind of depends on her? How you feel about that? Um, again, that's the kind of thing that's going on. I think it's why it's made the film so sort of potent in a way. Now, I don't think the film is saying that that is how life should be. In fact, it's exploring this whole idea of an imbalance. But it does it so cleverly because it, it kind of flips it around. Rather than just saying, here's this world in which men have all the power and women are viewed derivatively, it says, why don't we start with the other way around? Now, how do you all feel about that? And what do we make of that imbalance? So it's a really interesting way uh, that it opens. What is it like to live in the shadow of someone else? That's definitely Ken's story. We'll come back to that. But as... Um, uh, what I'm going to do as we go through, uh, I'm going to give you various kind of uh, quotations. Uh, I'm, I'm aware I'm a man telling you all this stuff about my thoughts about this film. <laughs> but um, lots of the, uh, uh, well, all the kind of quotations I'll, I'll uh, read or give to you are uh, female Christian writers primarily who have reflected on this. And I want to kind of give you some of their voices. And one of them uh, talks about the way in which both matriarchal and patriarchal worlds are kind of unpalatable. They don't work, but it starts that way round um, in the Barbie movie. Okay, what are the two, okay, two particular questions that I think um, it is asking and, and really kind of cleverly asking and, and raises some good questions for us as Christians. Um, the first one is this, what does it mean to grow towards mature personhood? What does it mean to grow towards mature personhood? Now, it should be a question that we've all got an investment in. Where do I think I'm going in life? How am I growing what will I look back on and regard as having made, you know, kind of progressed emotionally, spiritually, um, uh, and so on, as my, in my, and who I am? Um, and that is very much the story of both uh, Ken and Barbie. And they go on these journeys uh, that take them away from Barbie land. And this is why we had Genesis 3 read, when, you remember in this, the accounts, it's the man and the woman, they're created, uh, but they are sent from the garden because of sin, and they're sent on their way, and God has to banish them and send them on their journey. They go east. And so it's exactly the same thing that happens here with Ken and Barbie. They are sent out uh, from Barbie land to go and embrace and figure out the real world, full of its uncertainties and difficulties. And they have to figure out what complexity and maturity is like. And um, a writer, Hannah Anderson, says both of them go on these journeys that take them away from gender stereotypes towards mature personhood. That's really one of the things the film is trying to get at. Now, Barbie's journey in that, we'll look at both Barbie and Ken. Barbie's journey um, is, uh, is great fun. She is, she's kind of going to go to the real world. Uh, you saw in the movie there, in the clip there, where uh, um, weird Barbie gives her the two, uh, the high heel or the Birkenstock, and says you've got to choose one of them, a bit like the Matrix, and says you've got to follow this. And she, so she's going to go to the real world and figure out what is going on with her um, as she has been... Uh, kind of assaulted with thoughts of uh, death um, and cellulite and flat feet. Um, uh, here's a little clip um, of some of Barbie's journey, and it brings in, I love the fact you guys are, are <laughs> enjoying this, um, uh, it brings in a character called Gloria, who is kind of Barbie's uh, um, kind of key person in the real world, who in fact has played with her and been associated with her all her life. So um, let's watch these. What can I do you for? I just had to come see you about my feet. Flat. What do I have to do? You have to go to the real world. I'm coming with you. Closer, I am. We haven't 
played with Barbie since we were like five years old. Oh, I'm not good enough for anything. <laughs> I think you're just right. I just learned to cry. First I got one tear and then I got a whole bunch. I love rollerblades. Where are we going? Barbie land. What? Mom, are you really gonna let Barbie take you and your tween daughter to an imaginary land? Yes, and you wanna know why? Because I never get to do anything. I didn't even go on that cruise I won at your school raffle because I didn't have enough vacation days and your dad's allergic to sun. Oh, what about dad? You can't just leave him. He'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, he'll be fine. Ready for fun? Hello? Hmm? Humans. Oh. We're fine. And Ellen, mm. come into my weird house. Hi, I'm Weird Barbie. I am in the splits. I have a funky haircut and I smell like basement. Oh my God, I had a weird Barbie. Yeah, you did. You make them weird by playing too hard. It's cool. <laughs> Is that finishing there, Jess? Oh, friends. Um, uh, so she, she goes on this journey, having sort of been motivated by all these worrying thoughts she has about dying, about, uh, I guess, her physical body changing, cellulite, flat feet, and tarnishing the idea of plastic perfection. Um, and if you are somebody who's enjoyed Mean Girls in the past, which is a much older film, you remember the, the, the sort of beautiful girls in Mean Girls are called the plastics. And this idea that there is perfection out there um, and she is kind of troubled by this, but she goes, her journey takes her into the real world. And what she finds when she gets to the real world is that she is the object of male sexism. Uh, she's objectified, she's harassed, um, and it's all considered very normal in the real world. And Barbie is amazed that this is happening. Um, but, uh, and her daughter, uh, the daughter of Gloria, Sasha, Regards when, when they interact for the first time, she loathes Barbie. She says, actually, Barbie, you are part of the problem. You've created this image that no one can live up to. And so you are part of the very problem of why we all wrestle with this. Um, and there's a, a writer, um, Amy Peeler, who describes this as kind of the center of the film, that there's this tension between pristine self-conception. So the idea that you're perfect and plastic and, um, and beautiful, and the complexity of being an embodied woman. And that's the tension that it's trying to raise. If you have Barbie as this kind of creation that's, that's idealized and, uh, and perfect, but actually the reality is that we live human lives that are much more complex than that. How do you, the, the film is kind of wrestling with those two things. And uh, writers suggest, or reflect on the way in which Barbie's journey is basically her embracing her own imperfections and facing those realities um, and facing and embracing her humanity. Now, the final line of the film, for those of you who have seen it, you'll know. I don't want to spoil it because it's a, a, the sort of final full embrace of her female humanity. And it's fascinating that that's the journey that she goes on from being this kind of plastic creature, idealized, to being somebody who embraces her um, human femaleness. Um, Ken's journey, just while we're uh, kind of mapping out the two journeys, is equally interesting. But this idea that they're, they're both on a journey of growth um, and trying to figure out where they're going, Ken's journey goes in a slightly different direction. Barbie goes and sort of wrestles with some of these difficult things. Ken does something else. Here's a little shortcut, uh, here's a little um, uh, clip of some of what goes on with Ken, and it includes, because it's available, his song that he sings. He is wrestling with who he is 
uh, and kind of his own identity, okay? Barbie has a great day every day, but Ken only has a great day if Barbie looks at him. Hi, Barbie! Hi, Ken! Hey, Barbie. Yeah? Can I come to your house tonight? Sure. I don't have anything big planned, just a giant blowout party with all the Barbies and planned choreography and a bespoke song. You should stop by. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Bye. 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 Hi, Barbie! Hi, Ken! Hi, Barbie! Hi, Barbie! Hi, Barbie! Hi, Ken! Hi, Ken! Hi, Ken! Hi, Ken! Hi, Ken! I got us both ice cream. Cool. Hi, Barbie! 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 Hi, Ken! Hi, Barbie! 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 Oh, hi, Alan! There are no multiples of Alan. He's just Alan. Yeah, I'm confused about that. I just don't know who I am without you. You're Ken! But it's Barbie and Ken. There is no just Ken. Doesn't seem to matter what I do. I'm always number two. No one knows how hard I tried. Oh, oh I, I have feelings that I can't explain. They're driving me insane. All my life been so polite Cause I'm just kidding Anywhere else I'd be dead Is it my destiny to live and die A life of blonde fragility I'm just kidding Where I see love she sees a friend What will it take for her to see Am I destined to live a life of blonde fragility? To you blondes out there, I, you know, if you, it's, a, it's a, trouble, a troubled existence. If you want, you won't find a better picture of kind of male anxiety uh, than Ken is depicted in this movie. It's, it's just so interesting. Every, and the way Ryan Gosling actually captures it with the looks in his eyes and his kind of, he's besotted with Barbie. He can't live quiet if she isn't looking at him. He's such an interesting um, figure for, I think, particularly for this day and age. Now, he, his journey... Some of you will know, he takes, takes him to the real world where people in the real world, where they harass Barbie, people in the real world, they admire Ken. And they look up to him and they ask him things like the time. And he gives them the time. And he's, he's thrilled about this. Um, and what he does is he gets taken up with this idea. And it's, it's all very stylized, very clever. It's taken up with the idea of the patriarchy uh, and that men are in charge and should be. And he takes that idea back to Barbie lands. Uh, and he sets up Kendom uh, as his alternative, and he turns Barbie Land into Kendom. Uh, in many ways, and I was going to do. I think the I think the whole movie works a bit like a parable does. It's kind of it's got that sort of simplicity of story. It takes it back to um, and Hannah Anderson writes that actually this is so key to understanding unlocking Ken. She writes Ken carries the idea of male superiority back to Barbie Land as a shortcut 
to his own growth. See, Barbie's on this journey trying to figure out who she is and what it means to embrace imperfection. And as Christians, we know exactly what that is. You know, what, how, how do you embrace a sinful, fallen world? Ken can't do that, so he reaches for male superiority and takes it back and says, this is my quick route. And it's so interesting, the idea that actually he doesn't want to face necessarily the hard work of wrestling with imperfection and difficulty, fallenness, brokenness, sin, so on. Um, and so he is wrestling with his identity. He doesn't want to be just and Ken. Um, there's a really funny moment where when they are arrested after Barbie punches somebody for trying to harass her, they are both given their photo mugshots, and hers is Barbie, and his is and Ken. And that is, he's stuck with this idea that he's and Ken. Um, but he reaches for patriarchy as the answer. He reaches for male superiority, and of course it fails, and the Barbies sort of undo this um, and have to go back and undo this. But um, as uh, Hannah Anderson, who was reflecting on this, she says that he, he still learns his own value. He's, still trying to, he's trying to figure out, who am I? What am I worth in this world? Which is a really good question. But it's part of saying, how do I become mature? What does it mean to, re- to, to reach mature personhood? It is a coming to an understanding of who we are and recognizing our value. Now, the way the gospel would tell us is that we find that value ultimately in God who has created us and in Christ who has redeemed us. We won't, we won't, there are no shortcuts to finding it, but we wrestle with our fallen nature, our sinfulness. And it's a lifelong journey. And wisdom, if you like, uh, maturity is the goal uh, in Christ. But we won't, you won't get there through any sort of quick routes. Okay, so those two there. Um, I'm going to briefly mention this um, because uh, it's another thing that the, the, the movie raises uh, really well, which is in, particularly, I think, for our day and age, and it's how do we view embodied lives? And what I mean by that is our physical bodies. We are, we are beings with flesh and blood, and we're made, and we look the way we do, and I don't know how you feel when you look in the mirror, but you are, you are how you are, and we have um, physical bodies. And both Barbie and Ken and, and the sort of story moves from this idea of plastic stereotypes, idealized figures, to embrace a kind of a more complex humanity, and really interestingly, a sexed humanity. Um, And some of the commentators, I've I've read far too much on this, I'm sure, but there are some very uh, critical views uh, of Barbie as being, in a way, subversively too conservative, because it deals with men and women. It's very interesting to note just how it's, how it's been uh, heard. But the reason this matters, I think, as Christians, is there is an old, old heresy that the church has long dealt with um, uh, over the years called Gnosticism. Now, if you've never heard of it before, Gnosticism is the, the sort of message that the, uh, the body is bad and the spirit is good. And it goes back to the, really after the early church began. People started saying, well, we think the body is bad because it, it's, it's, you know, evidently fallen and, and broken. So the spirit must be the good thing that God is interested in. And at all times through history, the, the church has had to counter and say, no, God has made us physical creatures. He made us physical creatures. The new creation is a physical creation. It's a new creation where we'll be renewed and redeemed with physical bodies. And the body is good. And um, uh, Caitlin Beatty, who's an American uh, commentator and writer, um, was just reflecting on this. I'm going to read a little bit of what she has to say. Um, Talking about today's society, he says, women's consumer culture tricks us into attempts to transcend our mortality or at least hide its effects. 
For many, the body is a thing to be mastered or molded, often to look more like Barbie, ironically, um, an object rather than a living subject. Our bodies are the source of collective complaint, and companies stroke, st uh, sorry, stroke, they stoke, then cash in on our dissatisfaction, promising us that we'll be finally happy if we could just change, fill in whatever it is for you. If you could just change that thing, I'd finally be happy. And um, she goes on to say, in the church and in mainstream uh, consumer culture, women learn that our bodies are problems to be solved rather than gifts to be enjoyed. And in the midst of this, she goes on, Christianity boldly says that Barbie has chosen rightly. It's through our bodies where we experience both common and supernatural grace that we are made for a material world, that it is better to live in a body even with its frailty and decay than to strive for a plastic world of disembodied perfection, whatever that is. And you can see it, can't you, in society, the, the attempts in one way, whether it's through technology or cosmetics or whatever it might be, to get away from the body as it is and as it's given to us, to inhabit something that's not that. It's really Gnosticism in, in a different guise. It's a spirit, uh, a sort of, the spirit is good, the body is bad. And the church at all times has tried to counter that. And to, Barbie's in many ways a reflection on the goodness of embodied uh, creation. Um, and it has a deeply Christian uh, kind of underpinning because creation, incarnation, resurrection, new creation, they are all physical realities. That's not, not something you know or you didn't think the, the church taught. It's, it's really a key part of who we are as Christians. And actually that our bodies are gifts to us and to wrestle with that. And it's an interesting thing that the, the, this movie should be raising that question, I think, at this kind of time, when people are looking for ways to escape the body in all sorts of kinds of ways. Okay, there's a couple of questions. A couple of things that I think... Um, now, you know, it's a, if Greta Gerwig was here, I'd love if she could come, we could interview her. I'm sure she would say, look, this film, I can't do everything. Um, and, you know, it's one movie. And there are things that I think it raises that I don't think it is trying to give full answers to, but I think it's raising them for us to think through. And I think there's stuff that, as Christians, we can think about. And there are three questions that kind of go together. Um, and these are things that you might want to ponder. Maybe we'll chat about afterwards. Firstly, uh, three quick questions. Firstly, what does Barbie, uh, as a woman do next? Because that's the trajectory she's on. She kind of moves away from this plastic world. She embraces humanity. So again, sort of slight spoiler, she basically, that's, that's where she kind of goes. She decides, I'm going to be a part of the real world now. But what does she do at that point? Um, because at the heart uh, of, the, of the sort of moral of the, of the film towards the end is this um, very interesting long monologue by the character Gloria, who's a human. Um, and so you can, you can read it online if you want to. Um, but she talks about, essentially, the pressures that women are under from all sides. That you have to be this, but not too much of it. You have to be that, but not too much of it. You have to be able to do this, but not in such a way as compromises that. And there's a whole list of attributes and traits. I was going to read it, or get Maria to read it, but I thought it's probably a bit much. But she, here's one thing she does, uh, Gloria's character does say. She says, women should strive to achieve the success that is now available to them, but never in a way that compromises the culture's prescribed definition of femininity. That's quite a lot of long words there. Um, women should strive to achieve the success that is now available. You've got this freedom to go and uh, achieve what, be what you want to be, but so long as it fulfills limits that culture has said are acceptable for you. And it's that kind of idea that there are this kind of impossible set of pressures 
And Barbie, as the character gets to the end of the movie, embraces this humanity and, and embraces being a woman. But we're left wondering, so what does she do next? How do you resolve some of these things? Um, what's, what's the sort of next part of her life? And, of course, the movie doesn't tell us that. Uh, a kind of associated question, what does it mean to be a man in today's world? Um, it's a huge part of the, the sort of kind of question that the movie is asking. This is the character of Alan. Alan is the sort of uncertain figure um, in the movie. Uh, Ken's got all sorts of anxieties. Alan doesn't quite just know where he fits in. Um, and Ken, just as he's anxious about his relationship to Barbie. Uh, what does it mean to be... Um, are men redundant now? Um, there's an interesting podcast on this, topic, on this movie, uh, and one of the speakers was reflecting, uh, Hannah Anderson again, was reflecting on how technology has in many ways taken away from men roles that they had before, where a kind of strength that they might have had, a physical ability they might have had, would be used in tasks and, and roles that were required for society to function, for communities to work together, for families to be, uh, and technology has taken those away. Um, I thought it was an interesting reflection. She comes from a much more rural farming background. And to reflect, on, so what does it mean? And I think that's a question that the culture is asking. Um, and you can see it pop up in all sorts of uh, different news stories. Um, and I don't think it's within Barbie's resources to answer that. No big surprise. But here is one writer reflecting, um, this is Amy Peeler, reflecting on it. And saying Christianity should be able to offer an answer to that should be able to say, here is what we're made for. Uh, she says, what Barbie and Ken wished for is a description of the Christian church, where all people find their identity, worth, and purpose in Jesus Christ, and where men and women cannot relegate one another to the margins because both are necessary for the inbreaking of God's kingdom on earth. So you're saying, actually, the gospel and its picture of the church should have uh, answers to this. And as other writers have pointed out, frequently the church hasn't had those answers. And so it's an interesting set of questions. What does it mean to be a man? Uh, what, does, um, what does Barbie as a woman do next? How do you reconcile those pressures? And then um, lastly, how are, the, um, how are the sexes meant to relate? Just a really simple question. Because I think underlying uh, through the, the film is this question of, so what are they meant to do? And the end is a little bit sort of, I know it's not fully satisfactory, um, you get to the end of the movie, they've kind of restored Barbie lands, Barbie's going to leave, uh, Ken, they've kind of dismantled the patriarchy, and Ken is kind of given this sort of sense of who he is, but we don't quite know, they both run that course individually, but we don't really know fully quite how they relate. There is a married couple in the film, it's um, Gloria and her husband, and they seem, again, surprisingly conservatively, they're actually depicted as getting on quite well. And they're depicted as a marriage, which is kind of working, which is just interesting. You don't get much of it. But for a film where you, I think I went in as, as the character introduced, thinking, well, I imagine there's, you know, uh, all manner of things happening. But actually, no, they were, they were fairly settled. And again, it was kind of interesting. But it doesn't have a huge amount to kind of offer um, and, to, and to say, you know, how do they relate? Um, and it's, it's something that the last... Um, uh, writer that I want to kind of quote for you is called Jen Oshman, and she wrote a Gospel Coalition article. By the way, I've got resources. If you want to take away and read some of these things yourself, um, you can go get them from me later. Uh, she wrote this Gospel Coalition article about it and just says this, uh, talking about the movie um, and, if, and saying, if we shut down uh, kind of 
questions about identity and gender and how men and women live in harmony and uh, even advocate for each other. Um, if we do that prematurely, that's not a good thing. She says, these conversations are certainly needed in culture. As Christians, we should admit they're also needed in the church. Rather than slipping into sex segregation and suspicion that comes so easily in the flesh, let's stand side by side, eager to honor and advocate for one another. Let's resist church versions of Barbie Land and Kendom, where men and women are pitted against each other. Let's resist too fast and too easy answers to complicated questions. Let's listen to one another. Let's behave as the siblings we're meant to be. It's interesting. So I guess she's saying the church ought to have some reflections on this. How are the sexes meant to relate? Um, actually, God made male and female in his image. And the Bible speaks of the church and, uh, and the new creation together. And it's, just, it's, it's a really interesting question for us to, to ponder. Um, okay, I have thrown lots of stuff at you. And I've got one last thing. Um, and your heads are either like spiraling or, or, you know, just nodding off at this point. But my last thing is this. Um, and for those of you who think I'm really going too far, it's um, Barbie is an outline of Jesus. Um, uh, even my wife has just rolled her eyes. Okay. Now, to be fair, this actually, I'm going I'm to create something. This, this, isn't, uh, this isn't just me, but it's interesting. This is Barbie pictured in the movie at the end of the film. And you notice what the difference is? She's wearing ordinary human clothes. So obviously everything is very stylized all the way through Barbie. And part of it's brilliance. Uh, but at the very end, she's wearing a very normal brown blazer, uh, jeans, um, and she's embraced humanity. It's part of that change is saying, I'm now entering and I'm embracing humanity. Um, let me read these words from, uh, uh, from Amy Peeler. Barbie makes that choice. She leaves her world of perfection, takes on a real body, including sexual organs, experiences the devolution of the body, becomes a mortal woman. She does this to experience the deeper beauty of imperfection. It's difficult not to see the parallels to the Christian gospel. Our Lord left perfection for the messiness of humanity, took on sexual organs, experienced the devolution of his body, and tasted, bitter, uh, tasted death to its bitter and shameful end. Of course, he did not do this for his own knowledge or aesthetic, but for us. Where Barbie can only help its audience accept the reality of death, the gospel offers us an everlasting hope. What it's saying is there is a pattern in what Barbie does. She does embrace humanity, and she's saying, I'm willing to do this, and that it is worth doing to embrace uh, the reality of human life and all of its messiness and all of our embodiedness. And she's doing it for good, th good reasons, for maturity, for, uh, for her own self-understanding. But Jesus does that, and he leaves perfection in heaven, and he comes to earth, and he takes on a human body. And we don't often think, I guess, about the physical humanness of him, taking on sexual organs, taking on the reality of who we are, taking on all the everyday uh, experiences of, uh, of human life. But he does it because he is stepping into uh, a human world to save us humans. And there's a pattern, and it's a remarkable one. And when you see it, you think, actually, it reminds us why the Christian gospel is so good. And actually, what Barbie is kind of gesturing at, what reaching for and, and pointing us to, actually, there is a completion, something even greater in Christ. And Barbie is not the Bible, and it doesn't have all the answers, but it's raising some questions. And I think for our world, it's raising some of those questions that people have. 
Who are we? Where am I going? Why don't I like my body anymore? What should I think about my purpose in life? What do I make of death that is coming at me? And the gospel says, we have an answer in the one who came and took on flesh for us, is redeeming us for a physical new creation where we'll be and enjoy him forever. And that is a good thing. Okay, there you go. <laughs> uh, we're going to finish there. Uh, as I say, I've got some resources. If you want to uh, grab some, I've got a sheet of them. And if you want to follow up some things, uh, I'm going to remind you of what I said at the beginning. Uh, you can disagree with all manner of things that I've said this evening about the Barbie movie. It's really okay. Uh, but I hope it will stimulate some thought. And I hope maybe some of the conversations over a, a drink later might be stimulating ones. Uh, we are going to sing in just a moment. The band coming up. Uh, I, I, Ollie chose a great song, one that just will uh, lift our eyes and if nothing else, perhaps remind us of the created goodness that we are as physical uh, human beings made in God's image. So let's uh, stand and sing.